Continuing in our series of the Memches Kinyane Torah, we are now up to uh, the fifth and the sixth attributes that are mentioned, and those are Ema and Yira. Uh, it should be noted that uh, if you look in various uh, versions of the uh, Brisa of Kinyan Torah, there are some of the commentaries, some of the Mepharshim, who actually combine these to count them as one uh, combined attribute, but most others, uh, actually, most of the Mepharshim count these as two separate ones, um, and that's how we will be treating them, as two separate kinyanim. But nevertheless, there is clearly much overlap between the two, awe and fear, ema and yira. In terms of what might be the more nuanced or subtle differences between the two ca- characteristics, so some Mepharshim explain that the difference is in who should be feared or awed. The Tiferes Yisrael explains that Yerushalayim is referring to, of course, a fear of heaven, a fear of God. But Ema is referring to Yerav. You should have awe of your teacher and fear of Shemayim. Uh, Rav Yaakov Emdin in the Lechem Shemayim also believes that these two uh, Midos are distinguished between Hashem and the Rebbe, although he has the specifics actually flipped. Ema is for the Shechina, and the fear is for the Rebbe. So, whichever direction you put it in, both Tveres Yisrael and Rav Yaakov Emden agree that the distinction that's being referred to is between the Rebbe and Hashem. The Maral, however, in Der Chaim, suggests that the Chiluk between these two, nevertheless similar attributes, but the difference is actually in the what. What is specifically being required? Says Maharal in Der Chaim, Ema is the dread, you could say, that's the result from appreciating the greatness of the other, whether the other is Hashem or Lahavdil, the teacher, but by seeing how great the Rebbe is, you're just in awe and in fear of what that represents. Yira, however, he suggests, is focusing on when you recognize your limitations. I guess perhaps we could say... Uh, in short, uh, B'Kitsur, this is kind of distinction that the Balei Musr speak about between uh, Godless Ha'adam and Shiflus Ha'adam. That uh, sometimes we are motivated by greatness. Uh, the Balei Musr is speaking about it in terms of recognizing your own greatness. But here, uh, Maral is saying, you know, be inspired and humbled and in fear of the other's greatness. Hashem's greatness, the Torah's greatness, your Rebbe's greatness. That itself can bring a certain amount of Yira. Uh, or Ema. On the other hand, uh, it's also true, uh, although it's a little bit less pleasant to consider, but nevertheless true, that when we consider our own limitations, our own imperfections, and we are actually honest about our own shiftless, then that itself can also lead to a Ema or Yira. I guess you could say the common denominator is recognizing the gap between you and the teacher, and Lahavdo, between you and Hashem, whether it's by focusing on the greatness of the other, or your limitations, but an awareness of that gap uh, apparently is is critical. So, uh, basically, notwithstanding the subtle differences that we've now suggested, whether it's in the who or the what, but there's a common denominator, which is clearly according to the Brisa, that uh, this combination of fear and awe or dread is necessary for learning. These are two of the Kinyane Torah. And the question which 
we need to occupy ourselves with uh, for the remainder of this year is why that is, why that should be so. Why is it that fear or awe are so necessary for learning? After all, I think if we you know, consider it even for a moment, we acknowledge that this is not at all our focus uh, nowadays, almost at any stage of the educational uh, development, elementary, high school, yeshiva, and perhaps with good I'm not questioning that uh, or suggesting we should revert to a steady diet of Ema and Yira. But if these are one, or especially if there are two of the Kinyane Torah, then obviously there must be lessons that are relevant uh, for all time, including uh, our current uh, time. And even if you know the collective wisdom of the Jewish people has shifted to more of a focus of positivity and support and love, but to completely abandon any sense of aim of Yira in learning, clearly, I think, would be a mistake and would not be in keeping with what the Bryce is trying to teach us. So it behooves us to understand, even in our current educational environment, what role, what benefits are there for aim of Yira, and then for us to consider how we can implement them in our own lives and the lives of our own students. So what exactly are the benefits of fear, right? It seems so negative and awe and dread. What are the benefits? So a number of the Mepharshim uh, point out that, in fact, if one internalizes this sense of the gap and has truly this fear or dread, that it will lead to uh, very practical uh, benefits uh, in your learning. The Tiferes Yisrael says that given the result, having these uh, attributes, aim of Yira, Aideela that by having both of these traits, you'll take your sheer more seriously. You'll spend more time focusing and be more diligent in paying attention and paying closer attention to your teacher and to your learning. After all, you're filled with a sense of uh, fear and dread. You don't want to miss anything. You realize how important it is. Uh, the Ruach Chaim, Rav Chaim Velazhener, uh, makes a similar point, uh, focusing not on the Rebbe or the Shir, but again, focusing on Hashem and having a sense of Hashem's presence, which leads to a feeling of, of Yira and Ema. And as a result, says Rav Chaim Velazhener, how could one have any Batala? How could one waste time when they realize that there's an opportunity and an obligation being presented with Hashem, Kaviachol, uh, right, uh, right here uh, with us? So, from the Tefer Yisrael's perspective, we're focusing more, paying more attention, more closely. And this is Ruch HaChaim, we're simply not wasting time. We're not just bottling, uh, given that we have a true aim of a yira of what is happening. The Maharal uh, says something also very interesting, practical, but from a different perspective. And he says that you have to have a sense of aim of true awe and fear of the Rebbe uh, and Hashem in order to have the status of being a makabel, of someone who can receive the Torah. That Ema and Yira are necessary characteristics into making someone a makabel. They are a hachana, uh, lekabel the Torah. This idea of the need for a giving over of the Torah, a nosein, and a makabel uh, is something that actually, uh, throughout the series, we will probably come back to, because it's a consistent theme in some of the Maharal's writings here in our chapter. But from our perspective, I think this is the first time we're seeing this, um, the Maharal is saying that there is a certain status that a student of Torah needs to achieve. You need to earn the status of being a Makabel Torah, of someone who's worthy of receiving the Torah. And one of the things that 
go into defining you as a Makabel is having the proper amount of Yerashamayim for Hashem and for the Rebbe. Um, there is clearly something to be said for having fun and enjoying learning, but the morale is stressing here. There is also something to be said for the seriousness uh, that one takes in your learning. And perhaps we can understand this metaphysically. Maybe that's really how the Maharal means it, that there's a certain metaphysical status of a makabal that Yerat Shamayim uh, generates. But I think that doesn't contradict the fact that we can also understand this in a more rational, uh, down-to-earth kind of way. And that is that if a person has a certain aim of a Yira, an attitude of submission to Hashem or to the teacher, so that is going to be conducive to all the things that not only the Maral is referring to, but that we already just mentioned from the Ruch Chaim, Rabbi Chaim Velazhner, and the Tiferes Yisrael. The more serious that you take your learning, the more aim of Yira you have, then the more attentive you're going to be, the more diligent you'll be, the less time you'll waste, etc., etc. Those things may go into transforming you metaphysically into a Makabel, but also just practically they will make you a better student of Torah. So these are two or three different ideas that are, I guess you could say, the practical benefits uh, that we've just we've just seen. And all of those, as we kind of ourselves were kind of walking the tightrope back and forth, uh, they highlight the interplay between the awe of the Rebbe and of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Darachayim, the Medrashmul, others again, Beferish, they make this point explicitly that whatever the nuances are between Eim of Eira, but on some level, both of these really can be relate, relate to both, and certainly the combination of attributes relate to both how we understand our relationship with the teacher and with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we saw how this can actually happen and really be translated on a number of practical levels. That's what we've been focusing on until now. However, it's not just a true on a practical level, but in fact there are many statements uh, in Chazal and beyond that stress the importance of Ema and Yira, and specifically even in the more fundamental or philosophical sense, also uh, highlight and blur the lines or overlap between the Rebbe and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So perhaps, uh, maybe most famous, is the statement in the Mishnah in Perk Yavos. Earlier in Perk Dalet, Mishnah Yedbet, Mora Rabcha, Kim Mora Shemaim. That there must be a fear of uh, the Rebbe, but it must be similar to and akin to the fear of Shemaim. So maybe Chazal here have in mind that there are practical benefits, but that's not what's elaborated on per se in the Mishnah, but here you have a statement already in the Mishnah that, as they say, kind of blurs the lines or uh, inter- has an interplay between the Mora, the awe you have for the Rebbe, and for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Furthermore, a very, very well-known Gemara in Masech HaPesachim, Adav Chavbet, Amud Bet, uh, tells us about a famous teacher who uh, used to uh, darshan, he used to explain and elaborate on all of the word, all the times that the Torah has the word S, um, and had gotten stuck on the pasuk of S Hashem Elokecha Tira, that he, he always assumed that the word S added something, but what could be added to S Hashem Elokecha Tira? Hashem Elokecha Tira, you love Hashem, that's overwhelming, all-consuming, all-encompassing, singular, unique, what could the S before that come to add? And the Gemara tells us that uh, this Rebbe was ready to scrap his whole methodology, his whole assumption that S had been uh, a, a reboy teaching us something new. Ad Shabbat 
Rabbi Akiva Vadarash. And Rabbi Akiva explained that no, even Es Hashem Tira comes to add something. That is, namely, Larabos Talmide Chachamim. So what you see here is something, you know, perhaps uh, even stronger and even more striking than the Mishnah in Perkeavos, that according to Rabbi Akiva, the idea of Yiras Harav, or Mora of the Rebbe, of Yiras Tamidah Chachamim, that that not only is that a mitzvah, not only an obligation, but the source of that obligation is derived from the mitzvah of Yiras Shamayim. Es Hashem Lechachatira, included in our fear of Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, included in that is the obligation to have a fear uh, and awe and respect for our Rebbeim. And that really highlights, even again, perhaps to our practical benefits, but Chazal here don't seem to be limiting it to a practical benefit, but rather focusing on just the matter of principle and philosophically uh, that there is a fundamental link between the fear and awe we have for our Rebbeim and that which we must have for HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. A third uh, statement in Chazal, which really uh, echoes this idea with a slightly different focus, is the Gemara in Chagiga, Andaf Tetvav Amud Bet, which darshins the Pasuk of Kisifse Kohen Yishmru Das, Vitora Yivakshu Mipihu, Kimalach Hashem Tzavakoshu. Talking about the Kohen, which here doesn't just refer to the Kohen in his, um, you know, role in the Beis HaMikdash, but as the Apostle continues, uh, talks about learning Torah uh, from that teacher, from that Kohen or whoever, and specifically says if it's the kind of Kohen who is a Malach Hashem Tzavakos, who uh, is like a Malach, Yevak Shumi Pihu. And the Gemara Darshans from this interesting Pasuk, Imdoma Harav la Malach Hashem Tzavakos, Yevak Shu Torah Pihu. That the Torah, that the, excuse me, that the, that the Navi here is really creating that kind of an equation, that only if the Rebbe is Doma Lamalach Hashem Tzavakos, is angelic in a certain way, uh, has a certain spark of the divine, then Yivakshu Torah Mipiyu. Only then should you try to learn from that teacher. But if the teacher falls short of that, Al Yivakshu Torah Mipiyu. Now, it may be, you could say that this is just saying that you should find a Rebbe who's a good person, and who's a mensch, and who's a yashar, and is honest. Could be all of those things. But even if that would be the case, it is still striking that the the Pasuk and the formulation of Chazal does not formulate it and does not express it in this very practical or pragmatic uh, way with these bullet points of characteristics, but specifically co- says that a Rebbe must be comparable, if not to Akash Baruch Hu himself, then perhaps just one step below, to a Malach Hashem Tzavakos. Um, and this itself is really uh, you know, a dramatic statement. Um, moreover, uh, Rabbi Vajit Yosef, in his uh, commentary to Avos, a uh, sefer called Anaf Eitz Avos. So he points out that, as I just uh, alluded to, that the simple understanding of this Chazal is that it's a din in the Rebbe. How does the Rebbe behave? How does the teacher behave? That this is really an obligation on the teacher to behave like a Mal Hashem Tzavakos, and then a charge to the parent-slash-student to only learn Torah from such a Rebbe. However, Rav says that it may also uh, refer to the fact that it's not just how the Rebbe acts, but specifically how you choose to view the Rebbe, how the Rebbe appears to you, as after all, the line of the Gemara, the formulation of the Gemara is in Dome Harav Lamal Hashem Tzavakos. Says Rav if he's Dome, if you view him like that, then you can learn from him. But whether he is or isn't, 
if he's not doma to you, if you don't see him that way, im love, if you don't view him that way, then you'll never learn from him. So this is really a very interesting twist uh, on the more simple and typical and standard understanding of the Gemara, that it's not just about objectively what characteristics a Rebbe needs to be worthy, but rather, says Ravaji, it's all on you. Um, whatever the obligations are of the Rebbe, but this is uh, Gemara telling you that whoever your Rebbe is, you must view the Rebbe as a Malach Hashem Tzavakos. It should be domet to you like a Malach Hashem Tzavakos, because only then will you trust the person, only then will you uh, be willing to put in the effort to learn from that person. But if you can't summon that respect, if you can't view the Rebbe through that prism, then simply you won't push yourself hard enough, you won't be committed enough to be actually willing to learn from such a person. And um, he notes, uh, we have this uh, in a number of the students of the Vilna Gon uh, and others uh, point out, in the Keserosh, the Pa'asa Shulchan, that uh, Rav Itzala Velazhner, the Rav Chaim's son, uh, quotes that every time his father, Rav Chaim Velazhner, would say anything in the name of his teacher, in the name of the Vilna Gon, that he would faint or tremble or some very physical uh, manifestation of his incredible awe and yira, right? There's a very few more famous, hard to find a more famous Rebbe Talmud combination than the Vilna Gon and Rechaim Velazhner. And Rechaim Velazhner in his own right uh, obviously was one of the great Gedolei Hador. And yet, even when he had reached uh, a great status in his own right, uh, his family attests that whenever Rechaim would quote the Grah, uh, that he would almost uh, faint uh, just at the name uh, of his of his Rebbe. Uh, I remember hearing from a grandson of Rabbi uh, Peretsky uh, Zatzal, who had been at Wayu, that uh, his grandfather had told him, the young man who was telling me the story, that uh, whenever the Rav, I don't know how often this happened, but whenever the Rav would quote the story, in this particular case, was whenever the Rav would quote Rabbi Chaim Ozer Grzynski, who the Rav had actually a personal relationship with somewhat uh, in Europe before the Rav moved to America, that whenever Soloveitchik would call Reb Chaim Ozer, he would get kind of white and faint, and you know it was noticeable, again, a physical reaction, just the awe and fear and respect that he had for Reb Chaim Ozer. It was just overwhelming that years later, you know, sitting in a comfortable classroom uh, in New York City, just mentioning Reb Chaim Ozer's name, uh, had a physical impact uh, on the Rav. Uh, more recently, and even in my in my own life, I once witnessed something, uh, not in terms of the physical change, but just uh, to be, witness a great man uh, having you know total hisbatlus, total uh, overwhelming awe for his rebbe. Uh, there was a, a conference called the Orthodox Forum many years ago, uh, somewhere between fifteen to twenty years ago, that I and a number of my friends were invited to attend, uh, and uh, Rev Rosenzweig, my rebbe, was. Uh, at the dais, and uh, among the people in the crowd were none other than Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, uh, Zatzal. And at some point, um, without getting into all the details at the moment, but Rav Aaron uh, said something, and kind of all attention in the room turned to Rav Rosenzweig uh, to see how he would respond as being the person on the dais. And uh, I will never forget Rav Rosenzweig's response, in which he said, I agree. I mean, uh, uh, even if I didn't agree, I would agree. But I do agree. Now, this was an incredible thing to behold because Rav Rosenzweig himself was already a great Talmud Chacham and a very prominent Rosh Hashiva. He was sitting on the dais for a reason. He was chairing a session because of his expertise. 
And yet, yet, given the fact that he was in the presence of his Rebbe, uh, he was willing to be completely machnia himself. And you saw this, you know, we saw this as Talmidim happening before our eyes. You know, given the specific uh, substance that was being discussed, right away, Rosenzweig actually agreed. But as the words were kind of coming out of his mouth, he realized, you know, from his perspective, how ridiculous this is, as if Ravarin needed his uh, agreement. And on the contrary, even if he didn't agree, he would have been willing to be mivatel his own das to his rebbe's. Even if I didn't agree, I would agree. But he wanted to be mechabed his rebbe by saying, "But I do agree," and it was almost almost humorous. But far more than being humorous, it was inspiring in a story that I will not uh, soon uh, forget. So all of these, this story and Ravaja's insight, but they'll go back to the statement in Perkeavos and in Psachim and in Chagiga that a critical critical. Uh, component and ingredient in our ability to learn and truly accomplish a Kenyan Torah, uh, both on the principled philosophical level as well as on a practical level, has to do with our awe and res- great, great respect for our Reb Bayim, our teachers, and this kind of the intentional blurring of the lines between that awe and respect for the teacher and the awe and respect that we have for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, there are a number of Makoros, which also highlight another aspect of this, which is worth uh, considering for a few minutes, and that is a certain, um, I would say either duality or perhaps even a dialectic about um, whether Yira uh, specifically, uh, Yira Shamayim, is something that, uh, not focusing on the Rebbe, but specifically focusing on Yira of Hashem, is that a the goal of learning, or is it a necessary prerequisite uh, for learning. And in fact, there are a number of other Makarot and Chazal that really highlight overall the importance of Yer Shemayim, the importance of Yer Shemayim as linked to Talmud Torah, but also in subtle ways seem to highlight these two different aspects, Yer as a prerequisite or Yer as the ultimate result. So for example, the Mishnah in Avos earlier in Parak Gimel, Mishnah Tess, is quite clear that it is necessary for there to be Yer also Kodem Chachmaso that the yira should be a, pre, a pre-step, a prerequisite, before achieving chachma, Torah knowledge. Uh, and as the Medrash Shmuel there points out, that you need emo when you're learning, because we believe that when a person is learning, even by themselves, let alone with others, and let alone in public, that Shechina is present. And that's something that's earlier there in the third parak of Perkeavos. The Gemara in Brachos, Andaf Chafbet, Amr Aleph, a very, very well-known Gemara, has an incredible drasha. On the one hand, the success in Devarim Peregdalet Pasuk Tet, V'hodatam levanecha ulvanevanecha, which is an allusion to the fact that throughout all generations we have to teach the younger the younger generation, children. But the very next Pasuk, Pasuk Yud, says, Yom she'amadata lefne Hashem alokecha It alludes to that singular moment that happened one time in history of the giving of the Torah at Sinai. So what's the connection between the first Pasuk teaching people in all generations and the singular event that happened one time on Chorev and Sinai? Says the Gemara, Malahalan be'ema ube'ira ube'reses ube'zeya, Afkan be'ema ube'ira that just like, given the presence of the Shechina and God literally speaking to millions of people and His presence being 
a, you know, a palpably a felt um, on the mountain at Harsinai, and that generated this Amayira Reses Vizea, this incredible fear and trembling and awe of the people at the time. So too, Afkan says the Gemara, we must always, always uh, have that whenever we open up a Sefer, whenever we learn Torah, it should be accompanied by Amayira Reses and Zaya. And here the Gemara, very beautifully and very strikingly, is highlighting Yira as a natural result. It's a result of the awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. Um, if a person would not have this feeling when they're learning, that absence indicates a lack uh, of awareness in what's going on with, 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 what's going on with um, uh, their, their learning. Um, and you know, we have to ask ourselves, uh, when we learn, do we have that sense of even a little bit of fear and trembling? Apparently, according to the Gemara, we're supposed to. And if not, it means that we simply uh, do not have that oh, a proper appreciation that even on some level, uh, every time we open up a safer, every time we learn, we're doing something which is a derivative akin to that singular moment of Maimed Harsinai. Um, the Avos Drabinasan in uh, Perig Vav uh, tells us that when a Tamil Chacham comes to town, uh, one should go listen to him and sit with him with respect, Miss Avik Bafaraglehem. And the Gemara says, you know, don't say, I don't need it, I know already enough, Al Tamar Eni Tsarechlo, Elalechetlo, go learn from the Tamil Chacham. But then the uh, the Avos Drabinasan concludes and says, Anytime this new guest Rebbe who you've come who you've gone to learn from, you should be makabal, listen to the Torah, accept the Torah, Be'ema, Be'ira, Be'reses, Be'zeya, same idea, all the fear and trembling, in other words, what the Abbas Rabinasan complimenting the Gemara Brachos is saying it's not just that we should always feel that way towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Just like we felt the way towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Harsinai, we should feel the way towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu forever. That's true. But Abbas Rabinasan is saying it's also true for how we treat the Rebbe. When we realize that the Rebbe is a shliach of Hashem, kind of in the model of Moshe Rabbeinu, that he, just like Moshe was a shlich of Hashem and Harsinai, our Rebbeim are shlichim of Hashem for all generations. So the aim of the year of Ereses, it's not just for Hashem, for the content of Torah, but we have, that should impact the way we treat the Rebbe as well. Once again, seeing a repeat of what we saw earlier in the shir about the overlap uh, and the deliberate ambiguity between how aim of the year relates not only to Hashem and Torah, but also to our teachers, our Rebbeim. So all of this kind of uh, indicates or highlights a certain prerequisite or result, you could say, by being confronted and experiencing uh, the Torah. If we have the right attitude, then we will have that experience when we learn. Um, but there are other makorot that go, seem to go even further um, and highlight either an extremely the result or extreme prerequisite. So, for example, the Medrash in Shmos Rabbah in Parsha Lamed says even if the person is learning halachos and agados and all sorts of stuff, but if ain bo yiraschet, ain biado klum, he simply won't be able to learn. The yirash shemayim uh, is kind of the kli um, to hold the Torah, and without that, uh, you have nothing. The Gemara in Shabbos uh, similarly, perhaps even more clearly, says 
that Yir Shamayim are kind of the prerequisites, uh, or the keys to the castle. Uh, darshaning uh, the Pasuk in Yeshaya and Perak Lamed Gimel, V'haya emuna sitecha, chosun yeshuos, chachma v'das, Yiras Hashem hi otzaro. So the Gemara is very well known that all the different initial phrases on the Pasuk refer to the different Siddharam of Mishnah, all the Shisha Sidra Mishnah. Amuna, Seder's Rachim, Itecha, Seder's Moed, etc., etc. And then after exhausting all six of the Sidra Mishnah, says the Gemara, and what's the final thing? Despite all that, you've seemingly exhausted everything, Vafilu Hachi, Yiras Hashem Hi Otsaro, that the Otsar, the thing that which will hold and contain all of the Torah, the six Shisha Sidre Mishnah, is Yiras Shemayim. And the Nefeshaim in particular, uh, Chaim Velozhener, in his magnum opus, the Nefeshaim in Shardalid, which is so famous for focusing on the need uh, for learning, for learning's sake, and in a certain sense, arguing on the Bali Musr, who he felt maybe were overemphasized by the need for Musr and Yiras Shemayim. But, uh, the Nefesh HaChaim, despite that basic thesis, of course highlights and emphasizes multiple times that even he certainly feels, because he thinks it's clearly what Chazal mean, that Yer Shemaim is important uh, and in fact necessary. And quoting this Gemara in Shabbos, says Rechaim Velazhin, or Yer Hashem, he may otzer lechachmas ha-Torah ha-Kadosha, sh'ayoda tiskaim eitzel ha-Adam. The Gemara's terminology, based on that Pesach, that uh, Yer Shemaim is the otzer, uh, highlights, he says, that Yer Shemaim is the thing which will hold, which will contain the Torah. V'im lo heichin lo ha-Adam t'chila, otzer ha-Yira, and if you haven't pre- previously or preemptively, before you started learning, you haven't already built up your Yerashamayim, then instead of catching all of the Torah uh, in this Otsar, instead, Harerov Tfus Torah Kemunach Asada. Everything is just going to fall to the ground. Right? If you pour water into a bowl, but the bowl has a hole, you can pour from today until tomorrow, you won't gain anything. But rather, you have to have the right Otsar, right Kibul, in order to be able to amass and maintain and master and keep and possess all the Torah that you're learning. So all of these Makaros certainly uh, stress the need for Yerashamayim even as a prerequisite. But I think as a complement to that, it's also striking, similar to what we've already seen, that the Gemara in Yuma and Daf Ayin Bet says that Torah without Yerashamayim is like building a shar, but not having a cheder. Uh, in other words, Torah is supposed to lead to Yerashamayim, uh, that the Torah is the shar, is the gateway that leads to the inner sanctum, to the actual room, the Yerashamayim. The Yerashamayim sounds like from this Gemara and this Makor is the ultimate goal, that's the ultimate result. Through Torah we'll get Yerashamayim. So we've seen many Makoros that kind of speak about it as a general attitude one has when you're learning. We've seen specific Makoros that focus on your Shemaim as a prerequisite to learning. But uh, at least one, in this case the Gemara Yuma, also is very clear speaking about, I think, uh, the to- your Shemaim not just as a prerequisite, but also as the ultimate goal uh, of one's learning. And just to conclude uh, about the general importance of uh, your Shemaim, so perhaps, uh, you know, kind of can't say it any better than uh, Shlomo HaMelech did at the conclusion of uh, Koheles, uh, in which he says, of course, Sof Tavar Kol Nishma, Es Elokim Yira, Vesbetosav Shemor, Kizeh Kol HaAdam. At the end of the day, it's not only Diktok B'mitzvos, Shmir Zemitzvos, but Es Elokim Yira, that is Zeh Kol HaAdam. It's the essence of everything. Without Yira Shemayim, one really does not have... Uh, anything that's necessary. And really just as a concluding word, I'll mention the Rambam in Hilchos Malachim, Perak Aleph, Halacha Tes, an incredible Rambam who focuses on the importance of Yer Shemayim for leadership. In today's day and age, it's a, 
I wouldn't say it's a fad, but uh, certainly a lot of attention paid to characteristics of leadership. And the Rambam here, basically, he's talking about the idea of inherited leadership, uh, but the context, his, his statements go beyond that initial uh, context. And says, the Rambam, it's not only for the Malucha Bilvad, all leadership positions, the Rambam says, they only work, even inherited positions require competency, but also sufficient yira shamayim. But then the Rambam says something very, very important. And that is, let's say you have a person, whether it's a, any kind of a leader, let alone the child of the previous leader, is mamali biyira, he had requisite yira, but is simply doesn't have the chachma, doesn't have the competence. Says the Rambam, in certain cases of inheritance, we could still say ma'amidin b'makom aviv malam Competence, skills, wisdom can be taught. But Yirat Shemayim, either you have it or you don't have it. If you don't have it, it can't be replaced, it cannot be duplicated, and you cannot have the job. But the opposite, Kol Misha'im Bo Yirat Shemayim, Afal Pishachach, Mosul Merubah, doesn't matter how smart, how talented, how competent the person is, if you uh, don't have the Yerushamayim, then it's absolutely not going to work. If you, if you have the Yerushamayim, we can teach you the other stuff. But if you don't have the Yerushamayim as a prerequisite, you simply cannot be uh, a leader. So even though the Ramam is talking about something very specific of inherited positions, but I think in light of the many, many Makorot that we've quoted uh, up until now in this year, um, I think it's clear that this is a broader uh, point in general about every person, specifically about leadership. And of course, what we spent most of our time focusing on when it comes to learning, both when it comes to Yeras Shemaim and Ema, uh, towards Hashem, towards the Torah, as well as to the Rebbeim, and the clear and, I would say, deliberate ambiguity and blurring of the lines that many of these sources indicated, that all of this is really necessary and important, and we see the importance of this uh, combined uh, requirement of aim of a yira as a prerequisite, but also as an ultimate result uh, in allowing a Kenyan Torah, but also the result of when we have achieved the Kenyan Torah.